0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Programmatic. I'm Michael Doweys, and it's good to be back with you all. And we are back for episode five of the show. This is really cool that we've been doing this show five episodes. It doesn't seem like uh, it's been that long, but it's you know it's a great show. Five weeks in a row, so I'm really excited about that. And let me know what you think about the editing and the production. I'm really curious because I've just recently gotten back into that. So I'd love people's feedback. What can I do better? What can be worse? Um, you know, th- those kind of things are important as I'm kind of getting back into this. I'm using GarageBand and Auphonic to do a lot of the work for this show. And uh, if you know my other shows, I do the Cast Network and Programmatic will be showing up there on our live feed in our iacast.net uh, website as well. So again, this show is uh, meant to be for everybody to, to listen to and get um, information from. So whether you're uh, in the mainstream where you don't use assistive technology or you do like myself or others, uh, this show is for you. So it's for everybody to learn to code and I'm really excited about it again. We have our website at programmaticpod.com, and I'm really excited about that. And we have our hashtag on Twitter and Mastodon, so feel free to use those to talk about programming and to mention the show. I check that often. All right, so we had our challenge last week. And if you remember, the challenge was to scrape a website, basically pull the content from the website or RSS feed or API, and to give an example of how to do that. So we're going to do um, a few examples of this here, uh, a little bit different this week. So we're going to do an example in uh, using 11 labs to read these out. And we're going to do that in Python. Import feed parser. Def parsi underscore Ross underscore feed left parenthesis Earl right parenthesis colon. Indent level one. Feed equals feed parser dot parsi left parenthesis Earl right parenthesis. Indent level one. Titles equals left square bracket right square bracket. Indent level one. For entry and feed dot entries colon. Indent level two. Titles dot append left parenthesis entry dot title right parenthesis. Indent level one. Return titles rus underscore earl equals double quote HTTPS colon two. Forward slashes iaccessibility forward slash feed double quote. Titles equals parse underscore RSS underscore feed left parenthesis RSS underscore URL right parenthesis. For title in titles colon indent level one print left parenthesis title right parenthesis. And now we're going to do it in shell script. So how can you create a shell script to do this? So um, welcome to a new voice on the podcast since it's a new language. Brew install XML Starlet. Create new shell script called rs.h. Hashbang slash bin slash h. RSS underscore URL equals double quote HTTPS colon slash slash iaccessibility dot net slash feed. Double quote titles equals dollar sign dollar sign left. Parenthesis, curl dash s double quote, dollar sign russ underscore, earl double quote. Vertical bar, xml starlet cell dash t dash m double quote slash slash item slash title. Double quote dash v dot dash n right parenthesis. Echo double quote titles colon double quote. Echo double quote dollar sign titles double quote. All right. So. I think that's a very important skill to have because you're often having to pull data from the internet and parse it. And, uh, the next lesson or next challenge will expand more on this and we'll go from there. So with all of that behind us for this week, let's talk about our, our topics that we have. And I think it's really important, uh, to talk about this because we all see these new frameworks come out you know we see swift ui we see jetpack compose and all these other ways of building apps and and services react svelte SvelteKit, kit all of these frameworks and things like that that are coming out for these different ways of programming and building ui and building databases with you know uh no sql solutions document based databases and all these things that sound amazing it's like oh i want to try that i want to use it i want to figure it out and program all my new things with that but the question is should you and that's what today's episode is about should you change to those new programming paradigms and these new frameworks and new ways of doing things and i always was on the under the impression like you know swift ui came out it's like all right let's change all my apps over to that but is that the best idea? Well, I don't know that it is. And the reason is, is that you already have, you know, Objective-C and, and Swift have been around for a little while now. And they use UIKit. And, you know, we've got um, on, on the Android side, we've got what works for a long time. You know, my apps are still in the Google Play Store using some of the original ways of building Android apps. And they're still there and they're working great. Uh, That may not be the case on iOS, but the Android versions are still working great. So why change them if they're not broken? I mean, whenever I go to update them, they're going to need a lot of updates and probably will have to be changed quite a bit because they have not been changed in quite some time. However, they're still working. And if they're still working, why change them? Now, like with the iAccessibility app, a lot of the feeds and, and URLs have changed. So it needs definitely an update. But... That is the key to all of this. You know, you update when you need to, not when you want to. And like for iOS, the iAccessibility app uh, broke, which is what I'm working on now uh, for my company. And so it's time to update it. Well, I thought, well, Swift UI is out. Let's just update everything to Swift UI. Well, there are things in Swift UI that I am not as easily able to do as I was able to do in storyboards and with UIKit. So when it comes to that, it's what are the trade-offs what are you losing to gain this new ui library and sure uh in the future they will add everything to make it easy to create things as you did with ui kit but it's not there yet so it's one of those situations where it's not always good to update and you know a friend of mine uh friend of all the podcasts lauren Flinter said you know why don't you take your your old app and just update it, and then you could continue working on the Swift UI version. And when it's ready, you can publish that. And I thought, that's a brilliant idea. Because if you already have something that's working, and you could just tweak it to make it work a little bit better or upgrade it, keep that project going, and don't, don't reinvent the wheel until you really need to. And that way, you can add functionality, you can add features without having to rebuild your entire app or product, or whatever you're doing, um, and have to deal with the ramifications of something working differently, and then you have two different code bases. So that's, I thought, a really important, uh, a really important thing to do to think about, because when you're building a project, and you have a monolith in a certain UI framework or database framework changing away from that is going to be a lot more time and effort than you're probably prepared to do. So all those things are very important and and really good to keep in mind. With that being said, though, it is important to think about when you do see something new, uh, like you see new versions of platforms and frameworks, that you go ahead and look at those to see if they are worth updating to. Certain apps may be better on that new platform, and that's important to know and important to think about because if you, as a programmer, just stick with one thing, then you're missing out on the new features and new functionalities that you're going to get with that new framework. So all of those things are important to really consider when you're looking at your projects and especially your projects that have been kind of sitting there stagnant for a while. So, that's the that's the message I was trying to convey for this show and I think that it's it's important to really look at uh, all of your projects and and how they are and compare them to where you want them to be and 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 really think about the feature set you want the project to have will that feature set work good uh work well in what you're doing or do you need to change frameworks or update the UI to a new framework so that it can support that new thing you're trying to do. The next thing I want to talk about is, uh, what's everybody's talking about right now and that's uh chat GPT or GPT four. So I have chat GPT plus, and I was trying the GPT four algorithm, uh, our learning model on the other day on chat GPT. And I, it was very interesting. I put in, uh, what is async image in Swift UI? Now, in certain podcasts, I've been hearing that GPT-4 is still based on 2021 based uh, language models. And I don't know if that's true, because I was able to, I asked it that question, what is async image in Swift UI? And it knew, and that came out in 2022. It's interesting that if it is 2021, it knew what async image was and gave me an example of how to use it. So I think that at least at some point, the models have been updated or it can extrapolate based on uh, the context. So uh, I I think it's really worth trying GPT-4 for your programming. I've heard that it can take up to 20 to 26,000 characters. So I would be interested in seeing how well it can convert one source file to another. So I'm going to have to try that. And, you know, one of the things that I just thought about um, over the week was what if I took a UI kit view controller and said to convert that to a Swift UI view, and we're going to try that. And 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 I think that that needs to be um, our challenge for the week is use chat gpt and put it put some code in it and have it convert that code to another language um you know we may do that for next week because i i do have something special unless you guys want two challenges let's let's go ahead and do two challenges because i think that'll be fun uh let's step it up a bit and so for one challenge take some code or any of your challenges before and put it into chat gpt and tell it to convert it to another language that's what i've been doing to get the, ca- the solutions for the code. Everything that you've been seeing on our challenges has been using ChatGPT. So try that yourself. Try putting it in and then seeing what you get back as a result. And we'll do that with the other part of this code. And that is the, um, gonna be our challenge for this time. But I, before we get to that, I, I am very impressed with what we've been able to do with AI, especially with uh, reading images and, and telling what's in that image. So it's really exciting. Uh, if you are not in the blindness industry or a, or in the accessibility industry and you don't know about Be My Eyes, it's the first one to take in images and convert those images into, uh, it, it can look at those images and make determinations on what's in those images. And it works really well. Uh, the first app to use this is Be My Eyes. And so you can check that out. Uh, link will be in the show notes, uh, about that. So it's a very interesting first use of the multi, multi input, uh, system of GPT four. So I'm really excited about that. All right. So our challenge this week, our second part of our challenge this week will be to take the code you used for last week's challenge and now add a way to look at, you know, um, to look through that code or to parse it. So if you, if you parse like XML or HTML, see if you can parse it and, and get information. So for example, I will be for my solution doing a, some code to parse RSS feeds in Swift and in Python. So that will be the, uh, solutions for next time. In Swift and Python, we'll have solutions that can take the code that we the the content that we pulled from the web last time, and then parse that to be usable in programming, so it can assign different things to variables. So that'll be our next challenge for the podcast. And I know this is probably a shorter episode today, but uh, I think that that is very the messages that we talked about are very important uh, for new programmers and even you know, programmers that have been doing this a while, like myself. So uh, I hope you guys find that interesting. And uh, I would love to know your thoughts on everything discussed. So use our hashtags you know, on Twitter and Mastodon, uh, hashtag programmatic pod. And uh, you can email me at MikeDowes at com. And I would love to hear your conversations. And uh, that's why we do this podcast is so that I'm not just talking to you guys But so that we could all talk about all of our our shared experiences, our stories, and to get folks involved and to get people interested in programming, because this truly is an art. And I think we always need to come around to looking at it as such. It's not just a way to analyze uh, things. It's also an art form to create something from nothing. So I hope you guys continue with me on this journey, and we'll be back next week for Episode 6. Wow. We're going to get to 10 before you know it, folks, so that's pretty exciting. So thanks again for being with me on this episode, and we'll see you all next time. So bye, everyone.